You are listening to Aim for the Bushes. I'm your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. And once again, I am alone. I do not have Maggie the Mags with me, who is, if you don't know, the person who runs the soundboard normally. But because of the current slash ongoing coronavirus pandemic, we are in quarantine, although not actual quarantine, but everything is being done separately so that everyone can stay safe. No one is put at risk of exposure. So for the time being, it is just me. Uh, when there are guests, it is done remotely over the internet. So like I said, everyone can stay safe and not be exposed potentially. So anyways, with all that out of the way, before we get into today's topic, which coincidentally is about the coronavirus and everyone's response to it, right before that, we shall do what we always do, which is our non-legal legal disclaimer. So basically, any opinion that I have expressed uh, in this show or anyone else who is on the show all of our opinions are just that, opinions. We are not saying that we have the ultimate source of truth or that only our viewpoints are the correct viewpoints and no one else is, is correct. Everyone else is wrong. We're not saying that. You can you can disagree with, with my viewpoints or someone else's viewpoints. It's okay. That is acceptable. So anyways, like I said, we are talking about the coronavirus. Now, not actually about the coronavirus itself. I'm not a biologist or immunologist or a pathologist or anything, any of those ist words. I mean, I know a little bit bi about biology and stuff like that. But no, 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 we're not talking about, like, <laughs> the specifics of the virus itself. We're talking about the response to it. So kind of like what I've observed over the last... Uh, four or five months, I guess now, since March, uh, about the coronavirus and the COVID-19 and the ensuing quarantine slash lockdown slash pandemic response to all of it. And so my main takeaway, if you just really want the, I guess, elevator pitch version of it, is that people are stupid. Yes, that is it. It's very simple. Thank you for the No, we're not done. But uh, yeah, it's that people are dumb. People are freaking dumb. That's my main my main takeaway from this. So why why do I think that? I I'm just surprised that some people's responses to like the quarantine or like shutdown, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and this isn't specific to any one area. Any any area really this can apply to. Some areas have handled it better than others. Some governments have handled it better than other governments. So there's the, the government response to it, and then there's like the people themselves of a certain area or a certain group of how they respond. And that's not to stereotype anyone. Like I don't want anyone to think like, oh, you know, I'm gonna like blame Chinese people or something. Like no, no, no. It's a disease that happened to originate in China. Now I don't agree with the Chinese government's response, especially initially when it was first happening which is they were trying to deny that there was ever a problem and then it kind of spiraled more and more out of control because of that i believe initial response but no no one's specific to blame it's a it's a virus like it's something that occurs in the natural world 
So, I mean, unless you could show, and I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories too much, but unless you could show it was something like it was man-made and, like, you know, done intentionally, like, there's no blaming any any person. This could happen anywhere because we've had different viruses over the past couple of years come out, none of them to this extent in terms of, like, how infectious they were and how quickly they spread since, like, the 1919 or 1918 flu pandemic. But, uh, yeah, so the response is that people have had, and like I said, the conclusion I've come to is that people are dumb. What we know is that it is a deadly disease and a very contagious deadly disease. So a lot of people, especially initially, were saying that, oh, this is just a, just a flu. Just ignore it. It's all good. Like, don't even worry about it. It's going to be gone, like, in two weeks. You know, and I'm like... This is, of course, from North American's perspective, so from U.S. and Canada. And I'm, like, looking at what's going on, first of all, in China initially. But like I said, I, I kind of understood the outbreak in China because the government there was just like, nah, nothing's happening. It's all good. And then, well, because no one can really get information about it, it's kind of spreading, right? And the lockdown, like, in Wuhan and all that stuff and other areas of China where they're like, okay, we got to, like, lock everyone down. Everyone's got to stay home because we need to get this under control. I'm like, hey, maybe I don't know if it would have changed anything, but I'm sure it probably would have been more helpful if the government was upfront about this kind of stuff at the beginning. And then here, like, people were kind of like, ah, oh, no, it's not a big deal like blah 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 like it's all good i'm like well if you look what's happening in china it doesn't really look that good and then it was spread to europe like spain and italy and obviously other european countries and and iran and then the middle east and all that stuff and it's like uh, yeah over there it's like it's not looking that good either and I'm like why do people think here is going to be any different if you do nothing or if you just try to wave it away because that's the thing that this virus it does not care that's why i say people are, are stupid when it comes to like the responses that I've seen around this, because the virus does not care about anything. It does not care about any ideal ideological points that you want to make. It doesn't care about your freedoms. You can't spin it in terms of like how it's actually going to like do what it does. Like you can't spin it. Like it doesn't care. The virus, all it wants to do is spread and multiply. That's all it cares about. So it doesn't care about any human squabbles doesn't care about your ideological points doesn't care about your philosophies doesn't care about any of that shit you cannot spin it like it will take if you're not careful it will just take over and affect everyone and because our infrastructure is the way it is if the, the virus itself isn't super deadly the fact that we won't be able to get resources to people will cause more to die like so it'll be more deadly than it actually should be like virus doesn't care about that doesn't matter it will spread. That's all it wants to do is spread. So the response has been shut down. First, it was borders, right? We should ban people coming from China. Again, this is not to say anything negative about Chinese people specifically, but there was a call eventually at some point, people saying, oh, we should have shut down. The reason why I bring this up is because people are saying we should have shut down, uh, you know, access to, you know, Chinese people coming to Canada, coming to U.S., wherever. But we couldn't do it. Because it would be racist, right? Because of political correctness, this is something you can go look up, especially like back in March and April. We couldn't close things sooner because we would have been perceived as racist. And so because of this PC culture, 
now we find ourselves in this pen. It's like, no, 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 that's not the reason why. Don't come up with that bullshit. The reason why, because look, if you wanted to institute a travel ban from China, okay, fine, I understand. That's what some countries who are close to China did at the beginning, and maybe still now. I don't know the status of uh, uh, travel between all the different countries and whose borders are closed and open to travels from other parts of the world. I don't know. I didn't look all that up. It's not really relevant right now. But countries close to China did that, right? They said, oh, okay, look, there's this contagious disease coming from this country. We don't want people from that country coming here and affecting our populations. Understandable. I wouldn't take that as being racist uh, at all, uh, especially because there are other Asian countries for the most part. People here were saying that, making that claim, oh, we couldn't do it because, I mean, people have been experiencing, like, who are like Chinese and they, they don't have to be Chinese. They have to be, just look Asian and people will like throw this at them and kind of, you know, be racist towards them because of the virus. Even though it's like I said, there's no person's fault. The reason why the borders weren't closed or international travels weren't banned. Travelers, sorry, weren't banned was because those very same people who are claiming that they would have been perceived as racist wouldn't have wanted it. Everyone would have complained back in February. If you had said, we're going to, close access to people it wouldn't have been oh you're racist it would have been you're overreacting just like it is now in some parts of the u.s and probably parts of canada and i don't know about other parts of the world but it's been that so oh you're overreacting right what did we see from a whole bunch of people they don't have to be necessarily leaders but definitely trump this whole time they said it's not a big deal and you've had other people that know like elon musk saying like oh it's gonna go away like in in two weeks it's the same idea. Back in March, like, uh, sorry, back in February, if Canada had said, we're not accepting international travelers, it doesn't have to be from China specifically, because that's the other thing, is even if we did block people from China from coming, it was already in, like, Europe and the Middle East. Like, the how it came here was, I mean, I'm sure there were some people who were, who came from China. But again, even the, the issue is, like, not someone who was Chinese. You can be, you could not be Chinese and travel to and from China. You could be white, and you know, maybe you didn't come directly from China. Maybe you went from China like to Iran or to Europe, and then came to Canada. So I'm like, that wouldn't have changed anything. And it's a disease that's like very contagious. That's the problem. But again, at the time, back in February, even end of January, you said, okay, we're going to stop international travelers from coming. Everyone, all those, because it tends to be right-leaning people. I'm not saying anyone on the left also doesn't have these concerns too. But majority of people would have been like, you're overreacting. Why are we closing down the border? Why are we doing all this? That's what the response would have been. And then after the fact, people saw like, oh, this virus is spreading and it's causing, you know, all this mayhem and all this stuff. Then people were like, oh, we we wanted to close the border before, but we couldn't because it would be racist against we would be called racist. It's like, no, it wasn't it. You people claiming that it was because of fear of being called racist, racist. It's like, no, you wouldn't have wanted it because you would have, it would have been seen as overreacting. And I kind of understand a little bit why, because like previous viral outbreaks so like the swine flu or like zika or ebola all this stuff from like the last i guess 10 years right we're seen as potential huge pandemic viruses that never kind of took that route 
right? I remember swine flu when it was around. And I remember like, okay, or if you want to go earlier to SARS, I remember, you know, hearing about, oh, this is, you know, potentially deadly, potentially contagious disease that could happen. And it never really got to the that point like uh, that we're seeing now with like this uh, COVID-19. It just didn't happen. So I understand people being like, Oh, okay. Yeah, there's some thing, but it'll 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 kind of like putter out like the other ones did. And it's like, no, this one was like, nah, this one's serious. You can't you can't just assume because it happened a certain way in the past that's going to happen this way now. And that was kind of like one of the big issues. But then moving beyond that, just the, like the initial response is just like have been people's like resistance to like not wanting to get other people sick like that this is why again i say people are down because people have trying to make it about like you know standing for freedom and like these ideals and all this stuff and i don't just mean like in terms of wearing a mask although that is part of it but i just mean like the idea of especially when the quarantine was first brought and like things were shut down and stuff and it was just kind of like yo everybody stay home i was just like why is it so hard for people to to understand that, that this is a very deadly, very contagious, it's not the most deadly thing ever, but again, because it's so contagious, it can easily overwhelm our health infrastructure, as we were seeing in Italy and other European countries where it was just like, there's too many people sick at one time and our the way our infrastructure is built, we can't handle that. So that makes it more deadly than the disease actually is. Because maybe if there's a certain amount that we can, you know, treat or attend to, you know, then it's like not as bad because a lot of people died just because like, well, we only have resources for like two people, but we have a hundred people who are sick and we have to decide like basically who lives and who dies because I can only help one, two, three, four, five, whatever it is amount of people. Right? I was just like, why is it so hard for people to do that? It's like, just stay home. Look, I understand you have like kids and, and some people, you know, it's not necessarily easy. But then you like, you just have some people who are like, I just don't want to. Again, like on some kind of principle. Like, I should be free to do whatever I want whenever I want. And I'm like, yeah, I understand that. But again, these things aren't happening. Like the quarantine or lockdown or whatever you want to say shutdown isn't happening because the government just wants to impose its will on you to not get sick and die and infect other people potentially like i don't see the correlation there this is not the time to take like an ideological stand and be like um, you know make a slippery slope argument or something like that it's like well no this is a very special circumstance if it was no pandemic going on and the government was trying to know what they call like false flags or red flag or whatever kind of deal where it's just like, oh, yeah, we're just going to make you all stay home for some reason. Then I could kind of understand, OK, like, yeah, no, the government shouldn't be telling us just to like stay home or whatever. But again, this broader uh, conspiracy or idea that the government's trying to control us, I'm like, control us to do what? To, st again, stay home and not get sick and die and overwhelm the healthcare system. I don't. I don't understand, like, what is the problem? How does that benefit anyone? Let's crash the economy because everyone has to stay home. How does that benefit anyone? 
we already are subject to government control. Do you pay your taxes? Do you have a license? Do you follow the law in general? Those are all government regulated. Do you wear seatbelt when you drive? Are you carted when you when you buy alcohol? Right? Like those are institutions and stuff that are in place, cultural norms, practices that are in place that some of it is, you know, mandated by the government that you fought like so I don't understand. Like we we already know this. Like yes, the government controls certain aspects of our lives. I don't see why it needs to f- like this is of course touching on like a little bit of the conspiracy there are people who are just pushing against again the idea of government control and making some kind of ideological stand and it's kind of like I don't understand where you're coming from because you're already subjected to this kind of stuff so a major part again like I said is like people like again not taking it seriously so everyone that was saying like oh it's going to disappear especially back in March they're like oh once it becomes summertime it's going to disappear and it's all good, so we don't need to lock anything down. This is especially in the U.S., where it's like a lot of places didn't. No, again, based on ideological reasons. As I said at the beginning of the episode, the virus does not care about any ideological reasonings. Has no concept of them, right? These are all anything you're going to make ideologically are concepts that we have come up with and that we arbitrarily follow. There is no basis for them across different life forms or anything like that again because the virus has no concept of that does not care doesn't matter doesn't care about your freedom no i'm not saying as we live collectively as a society we shouldn't have certain freedoms i'm not arguing for like you know control by one group or another just i'm just saying like in the collective well-being of everyone i don't understand the problem of you know people taking it seriously and then just following like directives so that we can keep as many people safe as possible or free from harm or free from catching uh, this disease. Because you had people protesting lockdowns. So like I said, you had it in the States. So some, some, I mean, you have it here too a little bit, but you had it in the States where like, and this is, uh, this is where I, I guess it's like, it's like a little complicated because I'm not sure exactly, but the power structure between state government and the federal government, but you didn't have the federal government because like Trump and his like, you know, administration and cronies and stuff. were trying to argue that there is no problem with this disease, you know? And so states that were trying to like protect its citizens and being like, okay, no, we should shut things down. People should stay at home, what have you. And then you have the federal government fighting them on that being like, no, if you don't, we're going to cut funding to X, Y, Z, you know, your own government threatening you if you live in a certain state and you didn't do what the federal government wants like that's more of a problem than the government saying like oh we want people to be safe so stay at home right like that's more of a problem being like no we want you to pretend nothing is wrong and if you try to we're going to cut funding right and then when there was shortness of supplies for things the federal government was like no, we want to control all of it. Like we have a surplus of like backup, you know, masks or ventilators or whatever the equipment is, whatever the resource is, but we're going to keep it because we're the, it's like, no, you. So the, another thing is like, this has kind of like exposed the virus to a lot of issues that our infrastructure has. So beyond the, just how people have responded ideologically, whether they're from the government or just like the regular citizenry, 
how they've responded to not wanting to quarantine or not wanting to wear masks before we get into the whole mask debate. <laughs> mask debate. Okay, sorry. Uh, before we get into that, there's the question of infrastructure. So it really has shown that like we do not have a good system in place. I mean, if you're someone that has been paying attention or maybe you had not been paying attention, this should have definitely opened up your eyes to it. That, yeah, our system... Our infrastructure is not the best system that is in place. Because when you think about it, look, everyone had to like basically not go anywhere and couldn't work. So what did companies do? Well, we have to fire you now because we don't have any money. Even even though we're like, I'm not talking like, I'm not talking about small business mom and pop setup where it's like, you know, I have two employees and... Well, if no one's buying my products, I literally cannot support you, nor can I support myself. I'm talking about like huge multinational billion dollar corporations that are like, yeah, we got to fire you because we can't afford to pay you. And it's just kind of like, okay, your company, and I don't have like specific company, but just like the general idea here is that these are big companies that make big profits again they're not bankrupt like a lot of the a lot of the way like a lot of these rich companies talk is that they're they're you know basically bankrupt it's like well no i'm not talking about morally bankrupt i mean like financially they they always act as though like we can, we're not going to get by we just made like two billion dollars but oh man if we make 1.7 billion we're done we're dead that's it you know and it really exposes like okay well people can't work so now they don't have money now they can't pay their other bills or rent or whatever it is, car payments, heating, light, I guess electricity, water, if some places have water taxes, depends, property, like tax, and then, you know, food, clothing, if you have kids or someone you look after, they could be elderly people, whatever. It exposes like all, all that aside from like, Again, how fragile a health healthcare system is in terms of like how many people it can support and how things have been set up. The other issue is like again, like the financial repercussions of closing everything down and all these companies that don't have the resources to like pay their employees during this time. Because everyone's running on borrowed time, basically. All right. You have these large companies that make lots of money, again. They like to act as though, like, oh, we're always going to be bankrupt. It's like, well, no, you have money. But it's like, like I said, everyone, either either you're spending all the money you make, which a lot of people do, and I'm not saying it's necessarily their fault for individuals that maybe are stuck in that, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. Because it's tough. It's tough when you have, like, rent and you have kids. And, and you say, well, you shouldn't have, you know. It's like, but these are people's lives, though. And people do have kids you know and do get married you know and maybe they live paycheck to paycheck not because they're financially irresponsible it's maybe you can't get out of that cycle of like debt by which i mean living paycheck to paycheck because you know maybe you lost your job maybe this wasn't your first choice so maybe you did have the means to live comfortably i'm not saying living in excess or beyond your means but then something out of your control happened. Maybe something like a coronavirus pandemic 
came and changed your circumstances now because your company that you worked for decided to let you go instead of like paying you because if we're not getting anything in return because maybe we didn't save our money even though we make billions of dollars we can't help you for a lot of companies it's like the first people to go are like the frontline workers right instead of executives you know not making as much money as we've seen over the years as you know uh, CEOs and other high-level executives, their pay has gone up way, 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 way more than it has been in the past compared to, you know, ground-level workers or lower-level workers whose pay has stayed the same or gone down. So, like I said, it has exposed a lot of inequalities that exist and how our system is broken financially. And then you, the other thing where, like, a lot of people's health care is tied to their job. So because we've tied health and when I say healthcare, I mean like the insurance, like to pay for things, especially in the US. I'm not talking about like the actual healthcare infrastructure. So that'd be like hospitals and stuff like that. Which is another problem which we've seen with like again globalization and uh, you know, sending out things to be manufactured in other countries and everyone and the fact that certain supplies are only made by like one or two companies and they can only pump out a certain amount of stuff. It creates a whole logistics issue of like moving equipment around or moving resources around so that everyone can get like, like masks or whatever, right? It's like 3M that makes it and because of the way our system is set up. Only 3M makes masks and they only have like certain factories, like in, in certain parts of the world. And then if they have a factory in China and China's like, Nope, you're keeping all your masks here because we want them. Well, now you're stuck because that's the place where we make them. We don't have anywhere else that really makes them, right? Like a lot of this is very complicated. Sorry if I if I sound confusing. It's just like this is very complicated to deal with in terms of understanding and explaining, and just like the reality of it. it's not simple. So a lot of these issues like are like super complex that have been brought about again by capitalism making things this way because it wasn't built to handle any stress that's the problem with the system that's why i'm saying like our infrastructure is not strong because it's not really built to handle a response of this kind or to respond to this kind of situation and so like i said like for people's health care if it's provided by your employer and you're let go or you work for a company that doesn't even provide you stuff uh, healthcare benefits, then you're kind of screwed, especially if you're someone that's like uh, who was deemed an essential worker before they opened up more stuff again. Right? You had to go out and expose yourself potentially to to the virus because you still had to work. So if your if your healthcare, like I said, comes from an employer, and then you get let go, and then, well now you don't have healthcare. Now what if I get sick? What if some of my family gets sick? What are my options now? Because I don't have a universal healthcare system, like I'm kind of screwed. Or if I need medication, if I need treatment for like coronavirus, but it could be something else. I'm like, well, I don't have that now because coronavirus isn't the only concern. Other people are still getting sick or injured or hurt from other other things at the same time. All that other stuff doesn't go away just because like coronavirus is the new thing. Right. And that, so what do you do then? Because it's like, yeah, my, my health care was tied to my employer and now I got I was let go and there's no state 
healthcare. And this is why I don't understand why people, like I understand why companies don't want to because they don't want to pay. But I don't understand why people think that having like a state-sponsored healthcare system or whatever is bad. I'm like, so you want people to get sick and like possibly die or not be able to, or be in debt or, you know, be denied treatment? Because they don't have the money to do it. Because a lot of these things, procedures, medications, are very expensive. Even here in Canada, where we do have a public health care system, it's not the best. A lot of things are not covered because no one wants to pay for it. And I'm not talking about, you know, cosmetic things, something superfluous. It's stuff that can make a difference. It doesn't have to be huge. So, like I said, a lot of people have been, like, put in under extreme financial hardship. Because all of a sudden, like, losing your money or access to not your money, but, like, income is, like, devastating. And I know some I've seen some real, like, jackass people being like, oh, you should have, like, years worth of savings, two years worth of savings, saved up, blah, blah. I'm like, but if you're someone that lives paycheck to paycheck, and I'm not talking they live extravagantly. I'm not saying, oh, I have, like, you know, 20 houses and, like, you know, 150 boats. Obviously, I'm exaggerating there a little bit. But it's not it's not from excesses. It's not like, oh, well, you shouldn't have nice thing. Like, oh, you have an, a MacBook. You shouldn't have a... Like, me, not me specifically, but, like, if I have a MacBook, like, that's not the reason why I'm now in, like, this financial turmoil. Unless I'm buying new ones, like, every single day. It's more like the system in general is not set up for someone like me of, like, a lower economic standing. And I, when I say me, I don't mean me personally. I'm just talking about universal uh, position here. So to say, like, you should have savings, it's just like, it, like again, like, if I'm someone that lives paycheck, tech, paycheck to paycheck, I'm someone that works a minimum wage or just below or just above minimum wage. Right? I could live alone. I could have a family. Again, my circumstances could have changed because of the pandemic itself. And like I said, I lost my job. I lost access to my health care and all that stuff. Or it could have been something beforehand that put me in this position. Or it could have been I've always been in this position and I had no way to get out of it. And I could only ever live paycheck to paycheck because something like my rent, depending on the city I live in, takes up most of what I make. And I don't have the opportunity right now to get a better job. Because that's not something that's afforded to me. So I don't know how some people can turn around and say, well, you should have had uh, stuff saved up. It's like it's impossible for me to save money. After all my expenses and like food and clothes and like I said, rent and like bills and car. Like I need a car. Let's say, for example, I need a car. I can't get around it. If I don't have a car, it's impossible. It's going to take me two hours to get to work by public transit. And it's two hours I do not have. If I take a car, let's say it takes me 30 minutes. I can manage that. Let's say I have a kid. Well, you shouldn't have had a kid. Like, that's not realistic. People have kids. People live their lives. Basically, you're saying you shouldn't live. <laughs> you shouldn't have a well-adjusted life. Anyways, that speaks to a larger issue of capitalism, which maybe one day we'll address. Because <laughs> that's a big one. Anyways, so that's been part of the response again of like why people are dumb not anyone who's put under financial hardship people who don't have empathy or sympathy for someone that's been put under financial hardship by based on how the system is set up again it's set up in a way that it's not conducive to helping people that's why something like i think like a universal basic income could help 
And in all Canada, they did have the emergency response benefit, which is helpful. But they should like, why should what I do come from a company like, you know, that pays me so I can enrich that those owners or whoever are and also have access to private health care. It's like, I'd rather have a public system where everyone can get access to health care. It's not dependent on whether or not I have a job. Like, why do I need that so that someone else can be rich and then they can deign it, you know, necessary for me to have health care, for example? Because what if I am someone that works minimum wage? If I'm someone that works minimum wage at McDonald's or Walmart or something like that, nothing wrong with working at those places. I'm not trying to say there's something wrong with it beyond the fact that those companies aren't going to give you health care as far as I know. Maybe if I work in McDonald's corporate offices, perhaps. But if I'm someone that works at, like, the McDonald's down the road or Starbucks or something, they're not giving me health care. I mean, maybe they are. I don't know. If they do, great. Awesome. But my understanding is majority of people do not receive those kind of benefits. And that's a problem. So aside from the exposing how bad our, you know, infrastructure has been set up, whether it's through trade and commerce and through employment and health benefits and stuff like that and access to income and being able to, pay your rent and stuff like that if someone is renting the problems that have been highlighted with this whole situation aside from that there is the people protesting the idea of lockdown now this is uh, i don't know if it's still going on but it was definitely like a couple months ago definitely protests of masks wearing them look i don't like wearing masks at all like, I, I just don't like it. But I understand I will wear one because I've seen people. I'm sure you've seen people, too, on the Internet flipping out at, like, Costco or, I don't know, Walmart or, I don't know, some indoor place where you're supposed to wear a mask. And then being like, it's my right to not wear a mask because we, we should have the choice and it's a slippery slope to blah, 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 blah. Like, just wear a fucking mask, dude. Is it the most? you know secure no it's not guaranteed that no one's going to get sick or anything but at least it's something that can help or at least reduce right reduce no one's saying eliminate specifically you know completely just just reduce i mean i don't like the idea of masks like i said i don't like wearing them but like if it'll help my my issue is like i just don't think people are going to wear them properly which I see a ton where people, you know, don't have their nose covered up or they have the mask with a valve in it, which is not good because when you exhale, (laughs) your breath is like coming out through that valve and it's not getting caught up by a filter if you have a filter or just by the fabric of the mask itself. It's not reducing what's being uh, eliminated. Uh, Sorry, it's not being, it's not reducing what's being exhaled into the, into the atmosphere. Right? That's, that's a problem. But then the alternative is is no one's wearing a mask and everything's being by everyone, not just a, a few people or whatever it is that aren't wearing them properly. Same thing with gloves. Like, I don't think people should wear gloves, not because I don't think gloves can't be helpful. I, they can be. It's just that people wear them and then they forget they're wearing gloves and they, like, touch everything or they eat with them. And it's like, no, you're doing the exact same thing. You're not being mindful of where you're putting your hands and what you're touching. Instead of like, if you if your hands were exposed, maybe you'd be more conscious and like with uh, hand sanitizer and like water and soap and washing your hands. 
you know, instead of being, oh, I'm wearing gloves, so I, it doesn't matter. I can touch whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's like, that's that's more my concern than the fact that I have to wear one. Like, it's fine. Like I said, it's not my favorite thing, but I'll wear it. So, of course, like I said, people protested this idea of, like, having to wear masks. I don't know how prevalent the anti-mask protests still are, but I remember, you know, a couple months ago where people were doing it. And what's funny is the response from government officials to, especially in the U.S., to these protests was, okay, yeah, you can protest. Like, we saw people going into legislatures complaining about it's my right to not wear a mask and blah, blah, blah. Or I don't want to be in lockdown anymore. And it's like, okay, yeah, you can you can protest. Okay, no problem. We see no problem with this. I mean, it's completely unsafe because you obviously have these people who don't believe that the either the virus is real or is as deadly. Again, people not taking it seriously, or just don't believe that they should wear a mask or their right to choose, blah, 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 whatever the ideological justification is, which I said the virus does not care about. So it's irresponsible behavior. That's why wearing a mask to, you know, reduce these potential risks is helpful. But anyways, and like I said, the response was, okay, yep, that's cool. You can protest. And then what happens in the end of May, I believe, is the killing of George Floyd. Uh, Eight minutes, 46 seconds, a police officer having his uh, knee on the back of his neck, causing him to suffocate and die. Uh, and, you know, the response, which has been moving, to say the least, I don't say great, because, I mean, I would hope that we'd live in a world where we don't have to contend with that. But anyways, it's something that did happen, and there was a huge massive response all over the world and continues for other people in the days and months and weeks since then that have also been the subject of police brutality and extrajudicial killings of the sort. And, you know, people rising up and saying, yo, this is not okay. And then what's the government response? Oh, it's uh, non-white people protesting, you know, state-sanctioned violence and brutality. And we got to get the riot police out. Well, so when white people were protesting, I don't want to be in quarantine. I don't want to wear a mask. Oh, it's fine. People brandishing guns, too. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. No, no, no problem. But you know people go and show up to protest the treatment at the hands of government officials which police are government officials right they're representatives of the state saying hey we don't want to be killed by the state i don't want to be killed at the side of the road because maybe i had a counterfeit bill no one wants that no one deserves that. I don't care. Like, because uh, I've seen people try to say, "Oh, well, you know what? They're uh, he was he was a criminal. He had different charges. Blah blah blah." Like, that's not important. He's still a person. No one would accept being treated like, regardless of whatever the color of their skin is. No one would accept that. No one would accept being killed like that. No one would accept being treated like that. But because he is black, or he was black, it was okay. By, and, uh, by which I mean, okay, not that the, his killing was justified, that the police, the officers who were there on the scene, felt that that was okay, that that was an acceptable way to respond. In broad daylight, in front of people, being filmed. And same with all the other people that have been killed since then. That was in broad daylight, right? And even their actions towards protesters, 
they're they're film not necessarily film crews but they're people with their phones there are news crews out there there are cameras there not even necessarily their own body cameras if they have them if they turn them on if they didn't edit or delete the footage this is a plain view of someone seeing it and this is how they act so what does that tell you it's why people out in the street protesting because it says well if you're a certain or if you belong to a certain group of people or you look a certain way then your life does not matter that's why people are saying black lives matter because they're saying yo it's not okay no white person would ever be treated like that no one would ever be pulled from their car or wherever it was pulled from and made to lay face down in the ground and have someone kneel on you for 8 minutes and 46 seconds. It would not happen. And I've seen it. I've seen people's interactions with the police. I've seen people who videotape themselves, even if they're being argumentative, even if they're being you know, rude and abusive to the police officers. I understand sometimes police got to deal with like really shitty people. I understand that. That's fine. That does not give any kind of permission for any kind of extrajudicial killing like that. But like I said, I've seen white people, people who film themselves, people who claim to be sovereign citizens, which are basically people who have decided that the laws don't apply to them, but at the same time, they're protected by those laws. It doesn't make sense. But I've seen them argue. So they get pulled over and and a police officer will ask them, I need to see your driver's license registration. And then people are like, no, I'm a sovereign citizen. I don't, I'm not subjected to laws like that for whatever reason. And the police are like, mm, no, I still need to see your uh, driver's license and re- vehicle registration. And then they try to cite, do you know the Constitution, blah, blah, blah. And the police are like, mm, okay, that's not really relevant. I need to see you know, those documents. And they go on and they go on and they go on and basically say, well, look, if you don't, we're going to have to break your window and we're going to pull you out of the car and we're going to like arrest you, whatever it is. I've seen it. I've seen it from white people doing stupid shit like that, that only they can get away with being argumentative or being rude or whatever it is. And eventually, yeah, the cops, they're not leaving. I mean, that's one of the issues with interaction with police is like you have no way of exiting the situation without creating more problems. So you are basically at their mercy, no matter who you are. And basically the cops go, okay, at a certain point, they're like, they'll break your window and they'll pull you out of the car. And then, you know, they'll arrest you and do whatever. And then, you know, you get a bunch of charges, whatever it is. But there's always a manner of decorum that the police act with when dealing with white people that is not afforded to blacks or to other minorities because i've seen it i've seen those videos too uh now people getting killed because i'm done watching people being killed i'm not watching i've seen too many people die and i can't do it anymore but i've seen other videos where they're not as patient with people who have to be extra nice Sometimes, sometimes they still give them attitude and be like, which is fine. Like you have to deal with shitty people just because you're a police officer does not mean you are not subject uh, to not have to deal with shitty people just because someone rolls their eyes at you or they take a tone that you don't like. That doesn't give you the authority to kill someone or be abusive because you don't like how they speak to you or you don't like how they spoke to you. Okay. I worked in a bank and I've had to deal with people be rude to me. Obviously, this was not face-to-face. It was in a call center, but still, you got to deal with it sometimes. So, yeah, sometimes you're going to have shitty people who don't want to do what you say. 
But I've seen people be really nice, right? Be yes sir, no sir. Are and and they just what what is the reason? And and something you're allowed to ask if a, a cop pulls you over or detains you in some manner, you can say, well, what is the reason? Or I want to talk to your supervisor. Those are avenues that you can take. But the cop, certain cops, don't want that. You must respect me because I am telling you to do something. And if you don't move or talk in the way that I think you should talk or you're not moving fast enough, whatever you've done to displease me, then I can do whatever I want to you. And and the reality is that it's true because you can't fight back. As soon as you fight back, as soon as you do something, that's another charge. That's another thing that's going to be brought against you. So you have no way, like I said, of exiting a certain situation with the police. But again, there's this short fuse where it's like, if you don't do it, or I'm going to pull my gun on you. You're already, if you're, if you're non-white, you're already a threat. right? Your identity itself is threatening. Your existence is threatening. And that's a problem. And so the reason why I talk about it in conjunction with the coronavirus pandemics because one it's something that has come about during this pandemic that didn't stop right police being racist and the racist uh, state that exists at least in this part of the world has not stopped because of uh, the emergence of this coronavirus but also the responses in general to people protesting like i said we had white people protesting uh, I don't. I want to go get my hair cut. I want to go eat at a restaurant. I want to go to bars, even though like all those things with no precautions put in place is, is not exactly the smartest thing. It actually can be quite deadly and can cause more outbreaks as we've been seeing in a number of states where everyone tried to pretend like, oh, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all normal. You can gather. We can't stop you. But oh, as soon as we start protesting this kind of like injustice... I don't know. Go watch those videos if you haven't seen people protesting and the response. When you come armed or dressed in riot gear, that means you've come to commit violence. Protesters don't come in riot gear. They're not lined with batons and shields and helmets and padding to start a fight. Like No, they're there to say, hey, this is not cool how you're treating certain groups of people who are citizens and who the police are supposed to protect. If you want to even consider the idea that police are meant to protect people. Uh, there's a very good argument. I mean, I know people say like American police anyways, descended from slave catchers. Okay. I don't know. I like I'm not American and I know not every single police force is the result of, you know, catching slaves or whatever. But there's a good argument to, ma- to be made that police really only deal with destruction of property and protecting people's property. Which, okay, fine, I understand. That's the society we live in where we value property above all else, people's property above all else. And I'm not saying necessarily it's always bad to protect your property. I mean, people don't want their shit stolen. I understand you need somewhere to turn to. How do I have, receive assistance from the government? Okay, so yeah, so... There's the idea of the police that when what function they serve in the community in general, which is fine. That can be debated debated another day. But it's just the brutality shown by these police. And then they want to play 
play the victim. Like, because they'll show sometimes posts, they'll be like, oh, this is what was thrown at us. And it's like stupid, small, like a little rock, uh, maybe some bottles, you know. And then their response is like tear gas or pepper spray, rubber bullets. And then people getting hit and losing eyes and shit from rubber bullets or the canisters from tear gas hitting them, causing severe damage. You know, I don't know if they do use like sound stuff like sound cannons or like, I don't know if they even turn on water hoses like they would do like in the sixties for protesters, you know, it's like pretty brutal. And then the other thing is, is they, people would set up med tents. So there'd be people, not just random people, but people who are like medical professionals, like EMTs and stuff like that, or even firefighters. And they'd have like, okay, supplies so we can help people who have been the victims of this police brutality of tear gas because it's very like i've never inhaled tear gas i've never been somewhere where tear gas was released but it's an irritant and i think it's a powdery irritant so it can i don't want to say it's not deadly because i mean unless maybe you had like asthma or some kind of breathing thing like maybe but it can get everywhere and it can be very painful so people have like tents and stuff set up like i said emts to help people uh, you know, deal or cope or whatever to assist them from this distress. And what the police do, they come and like destroyed all that stuff. And you can look it up, look it up in the States. It's been well documented and they misrepresent exactly, you know, things that have been done to them. Like I said, the police in terms of saying what protesters have been doing. And then of course there's, there's people's reactions to all this, which is basically trying to say, well, they shouldn't destroy things. And I'm like, it's not a question of not destroying things. Again, the police come and they agitate. Like I said, if you come dressed with riot gear, you are bringing about violence just by preparing to handle a crowd like that. Right? You are agitating people. And people might say, oh, well, are you saying that like because of how their appearance is, it's causing violence? You're assuming they're going to cause violence? I'm like, because this is different. So when someone who's not white gets the presupposition that they are violent because they're non-white, that is different. Because someone who is black, let's say, or Hispanic or Arab or whatever, wherever they're from, those are characteristics that they have not chosen. So having dark skin, that's something no one can choose to have. Or even the idea that you are a criminal or you are a deviant of some kind because your skin is darker. That is something that no one chose to have. Those are things that have been put on by society at large. There are assumptions and stereotypes that have been made by society at large about that group of people. It's, no one, it's not a choice someone made. Being a police officer is a choice that you make. And if you're a police officer and you're told to go put on riot gear, and there's a bunch of you, however many of you there are, and you're told, here's your tear gas, here's your batons, here's your shields, here's your helmets, here's your padding. We need you to go beat up protesters. That's a choice that you make because you do not have to be a police officer. That's why like, when people say blue lives matter, 
or like white lives matter any of that bullshit especially the blue lives because like yeah if you're born white it's not necessarily your choice to be born white but also at the same time these stereotypes this criminality is not put upon you but anyways you do not have to be a police officer you do not have to dress up in riot gear and beat up people because they're protesting the fact that people like you someone who is an agent of the government and is a police officer can kill and harm people because you deem it necessary when it may not in fact be necessary that's the problem so that is not the same because you have a choice you do not have to do those things you can stop being a police officer because I know uh, you know, uh, some have said there have been videos or responses being like oh it's really hard right now to be a police officer I'm Like, well you don't have to do it you don't have to put on that badge you don't have to put on that uniform you don't have to put on that riot gear you don't have to beat people up you can walk away from that but someone who is black someone who is non-white someone who like I said Hispanic, Arab, whatever they can't walk away from that. They can't remove their skin. They can't remove the stereotypes and negativity and assumptions and presumptions that have been placed upon them. They can't escape it. They don't have a choice. They can't walk away from it. And so the other part of that is, like I said, the response from, I don't know, news pundits, commentators, whether they're on YouTube or some other bullshit website, whatever. Basically saying like, oh, yeah, I understand their point. Like, because a lot of people have said, even people who are like right wing being like, it's unacceptable for someone to, because like I said, it's no one would, would ever accept that. Or even more recently with Jacob Blake being shot in the back like that. No one would accept that. It's not right. And uh, people know it's not right. But then they'll say, well, okay, I understand. Like, that's justified, like, in terms of, like, being upset about what had happened. But being angry and destroying things is not an appropriate response. Because people's, you know, who have nothing to do with damaging their property, like, that's not right. And, like, that's, like, a bullshit argument. Because it's basically a way to take away from what is being protested because yes sometimes i believe majority of people do not want to you know incur more violence most of the people that are out there protesting are what they're out there protesting for which is to stop the police from committing extrajudicial killings of black people unarmed black people i mean because you've seen it more recently that kid i don't even know his fucking name i don't even want to say his name who in wisconsin went and shot i think i think two people died i think one person was injured i don't know if more were shot a 17 year old kid who drove from illinois to go up to wisconsin i don't know how long of a drive that is but it's still it's something you have to think and plan to do someone who is a danger right if you're shooting into a crowd of protesters now it's not right if you're Again, an agent of the state, so a police officer, but definitely not right if you're someone who's, you know, taking this matter into your own hands, a.k.a. a vigilante. But the police were able to apprehend him. There have been other white mass shooters that the police have been able to apprehend who are clear dangers 
to their well-being and to the well-being of the regular citizen. But somehow, some way, they manage to take them in without any issue, without killing them. But an unarmed black person, nope, it's not possible. My life, I felt threatened. I had to. I had to. I, I had no idea. I could have been I could have been killed. I could have been the victim of violence, so I had to shoot like right away. But someone who was an active shooter who was actually injured and killed people, oh no, we can we can take him. Yeah, yeah, it's no it's not like we're trained professionals. It's not like we're trained at dealing with this kind of thing. But someone who's unarmed and doesn't look like me, basically who isn't white, I'm not saying that there aren't uh, you know, police officers of other ethnicities which do exist but they still fall into the same system because again the medium is the message and we'll talk about that another day but basically that's what it comes down to it comes down to recognizing if you're of a certain complexion you are not worth anything and we see it again even with someone who is an active shooter we can arrest him we didn't have to kill anyone now would they have been justified if someone who's an active shooter and having to shoot him if it came to that maybe a greater case could be made for that because like I said, that someone who is an active threat, who is actually shooting people who has killed people. You can make the argument that this person was a legit threat to the security of whatever police were there, whatever other citizens were there. You can make that argument. So you see it can be done by unarmed in your vehicle, now which I understand can situation can't change but unarmed no reason to believe because i've seen i've seen like i said i've seen cops pull their guns on someone like that because they didn't do or the person did not behave or move quickly enough to the officer's satisfaction and so you're subject to their whims how they're feeling and it's not right it is not right. So, yeah. So, one of the ways that people have been trying to, like, take away from the impact that uh, people are trying to achieve through their protests in terms of uh, making change that we saw recently, uh, just in general through the, the, the protests themselves, uh, through all the different countries around the world, and more recently uh, with the shutdown from the NBA bubble, and other sports leagues in response to that how it has had the effect you know of instituting some kind of like actual uh tangible change but as i said uh, people have used like uh this violence or destruction of property as a way and not just solely in this case but this comes up anytime there are protests anytime people are or news media frame uh, these actions through uh, the lens of like violence and stuff it's meant to take away because in people the general population is to form the opinion that because uh there was destruction of property that it delegitimizes whatever point it is they're trying to get across and look and i understand nobody wants their stuff to be destroyed especially if they didn't do anything like that but um at the end of the day it's not about stuff uh, being destroyed and most of the people like places that have been destroyed like you're gonna see here we're gonna end with a quote in a second but you know if it's like a a target or like some large corporation it's insured 
right? Everything's insured. And again, these are corporations that have money, right? They're not hurting. And again, if you're saying, well, what if it's a mom and pop store? Like, look, I'm sure they'll be fine. It'll be the same thing when I said back in the in the episode where the Notre Dame Cathedral caught fire. It's like it can be rebuilt, right? Any Anything that is destroyed... For whatever reason, it can be rebuilt. It's not the end of the world. But someone's life can never be brought back. So all those people that were killed, whether it's from the coronavirus itself because of inaction or because of people being irresponsible because they don't want to have to wear a mask or believe that this is a real, you know, pandemic or that the virus itself is real. Like all those people that have lost their life from from any of this they can't be brought back. So I'm I'm just going to end off on a quote. Um, I'm not going to do the uh, normal thing that I do, but I mean, I will say quickly, thank you for listening. And like I said, this is a quote that I will leave you with. This is from Kimberly Jones. I'm not exactly sure who she is, but if you watched last week tonight, uh, they did end with this. I think an episode back in June. And uh, like I said, this is just to kind of like sum up and offer a response to the claim again about destruction of property. So again, this is from Kimberly Jones. And like I said, I will leave you with this. So when they say, why did you burn down the community? Why did you burn down your own neighborhood? It's not ours. We don't own anything. We don't own anything. Trevor Noah said it so beautifully last night. There is a social contract that we all have that if you steal or I steal, then the person who is the authority comes in and they fix the situation. But the person who fixes the situation is killing us. So the social contract is broken. And if the social contract is broken, then why the fuck do I give a shit about burning the fucking football hall of fame? about burning fucking Target. You broke the contract when you killed us in the streets and didn't give a fuck. You broke the contract for 400 years. We played your game and built your wealth. You broke the contract again when we built our wealth on our own, by our own bootstraps in Tulsa. And you dropped bombs on us. When we built it in Rosewood and you came in and slaughtered us, you broke the contract. So fuck your Target and fuck your Hall of Fame. As far as I'm concerned, they can burn this bitch to the ground and it still wouldn't be enough. And they are lucky that what black people are looking for is equality and not revenge. Thank you once again for listening. Peace.